0: All right, now you got to tell me that we've made it, because we're no longer in any kind of special season.
1: Well, I mean, true, Mm -hmm. but it's a special feast.
0: It is a special feast. So we're in that series of feasts that kind of trick you, because (laughs) you're like, no (laughs) longer Ordinary time? Yeah. No. Right, right, right. (laughs) So it's like, next Sunday is what, like the seventh Sunday of Ordinary Time, but it's actually the Solemnity of Holy Trinity, like it's... It's all very confusing. And then we, right. have, well, we have... we Corpus Christi. We have Corpus Christi. I thought you said Corona Christi. Um. <laughs> Could be Corona Christi. <laughs> we have Corpus Christi after that. Um, and then,
1: and then is it... And then, the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time. <laughs> oh, yes. That's my we favorite begin one. with the 12th Sunday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's my favorite Sunday, the 12th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay. So, right off the bat, right out of the gate, I'm just going to say yeah. that uh, I... Love preaching during ordinary time. I just feel like it's a. I feel like it's a blank canvas. You know,
1: there is a bit more freedom there to kind of explore different things. Like you're not locked into like here's your thesis statement. Okay, go.
0: Yeah, like here's your thesis statement. Write an essay. Instead, it's (laughs) like (laughs) so with with of course the the obvious exception is that you know we do have Holy Trinity and then Corpus Christi. But even with those, I feel like a lot of the pressure has been lifted from like we're in this stream of Easter. Well, we had Lent for 40 days, Easter for 50 days, and then Pentecost. <laughs> it's like that's a long time to like be yeah. preaching a season, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I True.
0: would al- I would also say, and I've, I was not quiet about this, even in my homilies. I, I got really tired of preaching John's farewell discourse. <laughs> um it's like, say goodbye already oh my god like, <laughs> i really love john's gospel i really love jesus and i love everything he has to say and i'm all for it <laughs> But what? come on man like <laughs> like leave already you know like <laughs> we're waiting that's insensitive send that's, the holy no, spirit no totally but i just so it was even yeah clear no, last, I, I, i know
1: what you mean
0: last week in some of the gospels for daily mass there was a lot of like it's there's a lot of these subordinate clauses and it's just really hard to yeah. know what he's saying and
1: Yeah. Um
0: oh, like so I f- I found myself preaching a lot of the book of Acts uh in the last <laughs> yeah, couple of weeks. You know
1: I mean but that's kind of been I wouldn't call it an official project for this whole year really. Um is I well first of all I just love the Old Testament and so I tend to preach the Old Testament for daily masses especially. And like well say and this is what jesus may mean when he says this based on you know <laughs> all of that cool stuff that's happened in the old testament yeah cuz it just gets ignored so often i find
0: sure yeah, it's, I, I just love how that that could be just a great caveat to any gospel. It's like, this may mean what... <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> this may mean. Yes, not what... me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so now we're in ordinary time. And we are in ordinary uh-huh. time because this week is... We one...
1: are in ordinary time.
0: Um, which I guess in the old calendar would have been like the weeks after Pentecost or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Until we got to Advent or something.
1: Yeah, they didn't really have ordinary time in Pentecost Mm -hmm. or in uh, the old calendar.
0: Right, right. Okay. So all that being said, just to set up this Sunday, uh, well, actually really quick before we set up this Sunday, how was your Pentecost? It was your last Sunday to preach, right?
1: So it was my last Sunday to preach. You're right. At the parish, I'm moving to a new community, a new mission uh, later this month. And it was hard, man. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Well, okay. Okay let me preface this whole thing by saying we did the full extended vigil saturday night
0: which i have which never done was
1: epic i had never either this was literally my first time and it was me celebrating it i didn't even know so it, it existed it was really cool it was it's a lot like you know in all the literature that i was reading it was saying that this is you know like you've got the easter vigil as the you know the mother of all liturgies in the church and then the pentecost vigil is kind of the second the second level there even above like a christmas really yeah the nativity i mean is important but obviously it's the resurrection and and the birthday of the church and the Holy of the Holy spirit and all that stuff that's great. Um, that's great and so it was four readings with the psalms and the just like at the vigil um there are only four so there's no option to skip to skip some <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it's all about, you know, it's uh, some of my favorite Old Testament readings. It starts with Babel and goes on to, um, you know, the Moses and God coming down from the mountain with fire and thunder and lightning and all that cool stuff. The Ezekiel vision of the dry bones and some other cool prophecies. Um, and it just really kind of fit, you know, with. And the interesting thing was the vigil, the vigil mass didn't have the Pentecost reading. Mm. Which is, you know, you know, this is, Pente- it was Pentecost. It counted, you know, as the obligation or whatever. But it's still the vigil. It's not quite happened just
0: yet. Sure, which is neat. sure. So what was anyway, tough about
1: preaching? Well, I had this great little, it was a long liturgy, okay. So I was going to have this nice little, you know, pithy, platitude saying nice things about the Holy Spirit, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Just to, you know, basically to waste time. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. No, just like to save time. You okay, got to do it. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. just make it as painless as possible. Right. Right. But then, like, our world started to burn, <laughs> and riots are happening in the streets, and people are dying—literally dying—in the streets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, I just couldn't. I just couldn't ignore that. So good. good. Saturday morning, I basically rewrote both of my homilies because they're different readings for Pentecost vigil and during mass during the day. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I basically reworked both of my homilies to talk about not how great it is that the Holy Spirit has descended. And now we're, you know, happily ever after, but like, we got to understand what this means, you know, like, the Holy spirit, the fire, those tongues of fire come down and burn all of that hatred away. But we have to let it do that because God is not going to force us to love anything, anyone. Wow! Wow. Um, And so this is, this is on us, you know, and I, you know, I don't, I was super uncomfortable, you know, talking like explicitly talking about racism and hatred and um, all of that stuff being alive and at work in our world. Like that's not, that's not happy homily material. So, no. but I'm glad I did it. I got so many good a lot of good feedback from people saying thank you for just saying it. Like,
0: dude, no, that's that's right. I think that you did the right thing and I'm glad that you felt flexible and took the chance, you know, to change your your homilies like the day of because not preaching or or not naming even the reality in the silence of that, I think that you're saying something. You know, you're saying something yeah. either about Maybe your, ta- I don't want to say your tacit permissiveness of it, but all- maybe just your fear in front of
1: it, and mm-hmm. yeah, it lets fear win. I mean, when you keep things in the shadows, right? That's, that's ripe ground for the evil spirit,
0: right? And and frankly, like you've been ordained to preach the gospel, so preach the gospel mm-hmm. even when it's uncomfortable, and if it yeah. means that you call out racism and you call out violence and you call out injustice, then you do that from the pulpit with reckless abandon, and you have yeah. to, you know. Um, yeah, no, and you were you you had the added blessing of being in a parish context, you know, in a city that was mm-hmm. currently writing. So that Yeah, you know <sighs>
1: Denver man. <laughs> yeah,
0: so I'm I'm in a I'm in a Jesuit community, so I'm just preaching to our brothers and anyway, so it wasn't my turn to preach anyway, but if I were to be preaching yeah. these days, it seems like especially in a parish context, that's something that you would want to at least acknowledge. Like mm-hmm. you know? Um it's. I mean, frankly, like this upcoming Sunday with, with Trinity Sunday, I don't imagine that this upcoming week is going to be any different than last week. I think that we'll continue to have the coronavirus will still be a thing. And, yeah. you know, the the George, is it George Floyd? Is that his name? Um, yeah. All the stuff around George Floyd's death is going to be a big deal, too. Um, how, how would that fold into a homily this Sunday? I got to tell you, honestly, we got to be careful to not force it either right like right 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 you can't you can't shoehorn issues mm-hmm. into like if it's appropriate do it and if especially if the time is right do it like this past sunday the time was right you had to yeah. Is it? Is it gonna be well i think you need to be sensitive to that you need to think about you it and, pr- and pray about it but if it's not and there's something else that needs to be preached on i think that needs to be you know whatever you know what i mean like i don't think that it needs to become a like this is now my way of proceeding is that I'm going to talk about current events every time. Right, you
1: know? right, right, right. Well, and that's been my cr- critique of a lot of preachers um, that I've encountered in the past. It's like, okay, I mean, yeah, absolutely, you need to be up on current events. But the gospel should be scandalizing us just as much as a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm, like if, mm-hmm. if if we're not, if, if the gospel doesn't speak to today, then there's something wrong with how we view the gospel and how we see today. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, But there is a way to do it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I don't know that it'll be as explicit. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, my sense, my sense right now, before we even start talking and kind of processing some of this stuff, is to look at the Trinity as, I mean, and this goes back to Trinity, you know, 101, like Trinity is communion. Yep. Trinity is relationship. Yep. And the further we, and this is kind of my homily from Pentecost, part two, the the more we allow ourselves and the evil spirit to rip us apart, then, then the less we are connected to, the less we are connected to that Trinity, that relationship that Jesus won for us on the cross.
0: Right, right. So uh, I'm interested in what you just said, because, and I'm taking note of it, because so think about the the trifecta, Pentecost, Trinity, Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi, right. All three of those have to do with communion. Mm-hmm. And so in Pentecost, it's the union of the church with the Holy Spirit. The Trinity Sunday, it's the, uni- the unity of the Godhead within himself. And then Corpus Christi, it's the participation of the church in the body of mm-hmm. Christ, which unites right. us to the Trinity. So. All of it is like you have us united by the Holy Spirit, God himself united, and then the blood of Christ uniting us to God in intimate union and also uniting ourselves with one bread and one body. Right. Um, so there's just a lot there to be said about union, which may be a way of continuing to preach over the course of these couple of weeks with a theme of union being important,
1: you know, like you can yeah. connect all
0: three all three Sundays that way, but also the current events that we're currently, you know, living through. Um Yeah.
1: You know, and one of the interesting things, so the, the vision of the dry bones from the Pentecost vigil set of readings um, especially hit me while they were being proclaimed. I didn't even preach on this. I didn't consider it um, when I was preparing my homily for that. But listening to that prophecy, it struck me that, okay, Ezekiel is out in this field of dry bones. It's a wasteland. It's desolate. It's basically what we're living in right now. And God came and said to him, do you believe that these can come to life? Yes, Lord. Of course, you're. You know, you're the Lord. You can do whatever you want. Then you prophesy. And at that point, I was like, "Man, okay." And then it sh- it changed the way I saw all of those other readings to say that, yeah, God will do all of this stuff, but we have to get up, off of our couch, off of our, you know, whatever, and actually do something. Yep. Preach the word. Yeah. Believe. Yeah. Allow that change to happen in your own heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that. That struck me, and I and I and again, I can't help but think that, like you're saying, this all, each of these three feasts—they're very theological and they can be very heady. And I've heard just basically somebody get up and read a paper at me before. Um, but it's there's the something yeah. deeply, deeply relational about this—that yep. it's not just God doing something for us, but it's God commanding and us responding. So and okay, that's the church.
0: Yeah. No, totally. And here's I think here's your in for this Sunday. The last part of the first reading so moses is talking to god on mount sinai and moses at once bowed down to the ground in worship okay what did moses say if i find favor with you O lord do come along in our company Mm. Mm. this is indeed a stiff-necked people yet pardon our wickedness and sins and receive us as your own Mm. so the things that stand out to me are come along in our company and receive us as your own because this is a stiff-necked people that you sent me to. So if like in your case with Ezekiel, Ezekiel being told to prophesy over these dry bones, God is telling him to go and God is telling Moses to go and to be yeah. with this people. But Moses is saying in response, okay, but you need to come along with me <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. because yeah, this yeah. is a stiff-necked people and I need you to be here with me and to receive us as your own. And that's the whole point of the church is to be in the world, the presence of God, but also to welcome people into a relationship with God, you know? So we're sent. Well, and the Holy
1: spirit, that's the, that's the promise of God with us, you know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. there it is.
0: Right. Right. So I I mean, yeah, I think the ultimate like eschatological goal of salvation is to be one with God for all of eternity, Mm -hmm. you know, to live, you know, in the divine presence. And so, yeah, there's, but that's the church
1: triumphant. We're still well, the right, church. Right, 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 right.
0: Right. But we're on the way. And so yeah. part of the on the way is finding ways in which we can commune with God more mm-hmm. deeply, you know, in the sacramental, in the prayer, in the church, but in the world, you know, and how yeah. how is it that we can say with Moses, come along in our company, receive us as hmm. your own, you know?
1: Hmm, hmm. Okay, tell me what you think about this. What if um well not what if but that's prayer right like uh, prayer is how we et- engage and encounter god in our in our world and ourselves and in our you know whatever but think of how often it is thought of wrongly <laughs> like mm. prayer is just a good luck charm or it's convincing god to do you know to do the impossible you know or whatever like people have a i shouldn't say all people but a lot of people have a not a great idea of what prayer is. Right. And instead, you know, especially connecting it back to the Trinity, like prayer is that encounter, that engagement with that true, that real, the most holy, the most perfect relation relationship, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God with the three persons.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I think ultimately, like, if if I if I were to be preaching this Sunday, which I'm not, but if I were to preach this Sunday, I think one of the things that I would try to stay away from is do first off, I would avoid the hackneyed, you know, oh Trinity Sunday is the preacher's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. People always say that. Um, but I would also stay away as much as possible from what you fell into last week, which was a lot of the Trinitarian theology. I think that there's oh yeah, there's a no. problem when a preacher gets stuck in a lot of like trying to define the relations, um, right. Because you you can't uh, well, right? Like none of us can do it well.
1: Well, Um, maybe though. And this was, well, I'll save it. Keep going.
0: My my whole point is that instead of focusing on the Trinitarian theology, just focus on the reality, which is God is communion, which is your whole point. And if God is communion and God is the origin and God is the summit, then communion is at our origins and communion is our goal. And along Mm -hmm. the way, We want God along our company. And right now our world is tearing itself to shreds. And so how are we agents and prophets of communion, community, you know, togetherness, truth, and freedom? Like, how are we? Anyway, I would maybe aim in that direction. And you can start thinking about how, like, if you want to preach on each person of the Trinity and how they interact with the world, you know, as the spirit that binds us, as Christ who walks with us, as the Father who sends us. I don't know, all those different aspects of our relationship to the Trinity may be a way of of getting a homily to Sunday.
1: Well, what do you think of this then? And this could be too, like, uh, preachy, uh, like, teachy. Um, Let me read a theology paper at you. What if we look at the three parts of the creed? You know, I believe in one God. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Like, and what do each of those things that we say literally every week, like, do we actually know what we mean when we say these things?
0: And that's fair. And I think that that's a good, that would be a good use of this Sunday's homily for sure. Because And then there's
1: that wonderful fourth part that could be attached onto uh, the next week, Corpus Christi, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church.
0: Right, right. So yeah, fair enough. I think that the creed is a great way to, to preach on this Sunday. I mean, the creed is structured around the Trinity. It seems perfectly legitimate. I guess it would just be interesting to see whether or not you ended up feeling a desire to preach on current events, you know like mm-hmm. if if that would lead to that, or or not I mean one well, way I mean one way to do that is one of the things that like Bishop Baron likes to talk about a lot is the historicity of revelation and how Pontius Pilate is in the creed, you know like, yeah. and so it's a way for the church to say that this is a historical event, and yeah, so yeah, if the Trinity is the structure of our belief, you can also think about the Trinity being the structure of our history, that God is intimately related to how our history unfolds and the yeah. history that we're currently living through, are we considering it as apart from God's company, you know? Yeah.
1: But you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm th- the more i con- convincing myself <laughs> that talking about the creed may be the best way to talk about current events. Because if this is, if this is our creed, if this is what we believe, then what does it mean for how to live in a world where, um, George Floyd has just been murdered. Oh, dude! What does it mean for us to live in a world where yeah, yeah. Denver and Minneapolis and all of these other cities are literally set on fire?
0: So here's, you want to, I'm going to be a little bit provocative. Uh, another way of another way of preaching about that is to say, look, how was the creed formulated? The creed was formulated through a lot of strife and mm, a lot of yeah. fighting, yeah, and a, yeah, a lot of fighting and a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of suffering, and it makes you. And maybe to end on a hopeful note. What maybe not literally, how would our creed change because that doesn't seem to be possible, but like how <laughs> how would you say like could you end end it by saying, like, how is the strife that we're currently living through as a country, as a church going to define the creed that we profess in the future in the sense mm. of I'm saying it more yeah. hy- hyperbolically right like
1: right well how how is how is the creed that we say every single week? how is that going from just i mean you you go to mass, you know that people just kind of monotone. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Like and turn that into something that we actually mean, that we say with vigor and fervor Mm. and faith and like true belief. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think that's that's absolutely I think that's becomes in a sense and I don't mean this any in any heretical way, in a sense a new creed.
0: Right. No, because we begin to live it. And I guess I mean the other the other detail of that was like you know, we don't typically talk about race issues in the United States in our churches and that needs mm-hmm. to become part of our creed. Maybe not literally, but part right. of certainly the way that we preach and the way that we live. Um, cool, man. Any uh, parting thoughts?
1: No. All good right. <laughs>
0: no. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, man. Till next time. All right. Peace. Bye.